three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Welcome to the podcast. All right. Hey, thank you. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I tell you one thing. It's all it's like, how how are you, Mr. Gillum? If I may call you that, sir. It's pleasant, pleasant to meet you. Pleasure, pleasure. I said pleasant. Hey, how are you doing, Mr. Uh, Asher? <laughs> I don't want to jack up your last name. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm doing well. <laughs> How now you you pronounce it? Chua. Chua. Oh, so so yeah, I wouldn't have yeah, messed that up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I do all, I do the chewy thing, and I know that's a, <laughs> a, a homage to my favorite movie of all time, or favorite franchise of movies of all time as well. Um, but yeah, man, doing good. Oh yeah, it's been it's been it's been eventful. <laughs> yeah, it's been eventful. Yeah, these last I mean, couple of days. Catch me up. Well, so my oldest, our oldest, um, she, Kendall, she turned 13 yesterday. Mm-hmm. No, d- two days ago, two, o- October 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, fresh teenager, um, you know, we was thinking about what we were going to do for her. And that's kind of what prompted <laughs> the whole <laughs> 13 at 13, right? So a couple of weeks ago, we were um, thinking about, we were thinking about getting her new, a new phone for a minute. And, um, you know, Gladys and I were looking and looking, and then all of a sudden we saw that the 13s were available. And <laughs> Gladys was like, well, heck, I want a 13. <laughs> I started looking, I'm like, well, I want a 13. <laughs> I said, we was like, all right, well, let's just all switch, get her, you know, uh, you know, the new phone. And uh, it worked out, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just yeah. all played, it all played right into, into place. And, um, it, we, you know, we was able to surprise her with, with the new phone. It was funny though, cause we had a little bit of a hiccup because the, the numbers didn't mm-hmm. get transferred and uh. oh, Gladys, <laughs> my wife was not, but she called me. She was like, I'm annoyed. That's her thing. Right. <laughs> She's like, I'm annoyed. I was like, what's mm-hmm. wrong, babe? She was like, you need to call T-Mobile. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Put them on <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. She's like, you need to call customer service right now. It looks like I, I like I'm supporting them too. I was gonna color. say, it's like you got the color scheme and everything. It's like, come on, this this is an insider information over here. I'm not trying to put nobody on blast. I promise you, Ashley. But I, man, but I had to call, get on the horn. Like, look, like we trying to, you know, because it's a lot when you got a number that you've had for years and years. Mm-hmm. To you know, you got to set up, reset up everybody. You got you know threads, text mm-hmm. threads, accounts associated to that, and it would have been a major hassle. Um, so we got it figured out, and it was, but it was an event <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, to me, I'm, what I'm, what I say, all that is, man. A lot of times we got to us all together. We got to be better at this customer service thing, like uh, because it was, it was really simple. And had somebody explained it in the in the on the front end, you know, gave us the ABC one two three on what to do, it could have all have been alleviated. Uh, at, <laughs> and I say all to say, 
sometimes you just gotta be you just gotta sit there and think about things you know what i mean like you just gotta sit there and think like who if i was on the other end of this call what would i need to know yeah you know given the information that i that i that i have from that person mm. and it just takes a different to me it takes a different level of listening yeah you know just be like oh okay this is a such and such customer okay they probably would need to know this in mm. order to get you know to kind of you know relieve the stress reduce yeah. any anxiety to make it super easy because that's what they do like with I mean, in the service business, that's what we're trying to do anyways, you know, right, we're trying to right. make it as as easy or as uncomplicated, uh, you know, as, to be clear as to be kind. That's another yeah. thing that Gladys says. And, yeah. and so it's, it's be as clear as you can with folks about what they need and, and move on. So, yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. You almost segued perfectly into the topic we were going to discuss talking about just being a person of service, how you should kind of present yourself in, in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But I was like, man, I really want to get this joke and just be like, well, they might have been thinking Mr. Jones is over here with the whole family setting up on the 1313. It's like, you're going to mess my kids up. They're going to be like, oh, you got the new phone. I, mommy, mommy, daddy, so-and-so got the new phone. It's like... Hello, yeah. Mr. Jones. How may I help you? <laughs> <laughs> they got the, they kind of salty with it. Like, all right, yeah. Uh, oh, you got 13 problems? Is that what you... <laughs> Had you still stayed with your 10, you wouldn't go through all that. We <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, <sighs> That's fun. good. That's good. You got to have fun with it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So where, 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 where do we want to go? Where do we want to talk about? But, well, I mean, it, it's, I don't know if it's like a, a hard pivot, but kind of where yeah. our last conversation that we didn't record, but you were um, catching me up on how things are being at, at your new position and mm. really being in a leadership role and also trying mm -hmm. to educate a younger guy that you're you're seeing it's like hey if you want to fill this position where you might say other people don't have the opportunity to fill the position there there are certain rules of the roads that you should or is that right there are certain I, rules of the trade that you should know in order to like yeah. how you present yourself like things that whenever we're talking to you we're engaging you wanting to give you the job like you can't be a, a young young black man or just a young man or anyone in a a position where it's like you don't have something but then if you don't show up in a way to get that thing you're not going to get it so it's like you, yeah. you could be talking out of both sides of your mouth to say oh man i really want the job but then mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. you don't show mm -hmm. up presenting yourself as someone that wants the job it's like yeah. nobody really believes what you're saying so it's like you could be like old yeller like wagging your finger at the kids and be like back in my day or it's like no it's, it's not a back in my day thing but like let's i'm trying to give you game as to this is what i see and mm -hmm. here's something mm -hmm. you can use to benefit from but if you don't want it i can't i can't force you to take the job and then show up every day and present in the way that you're supposed to present mm -hmm. no and you said everything so i don't think i have to say anything we can cut the podcast out. you good you can't <laughs> <laughs> but you did. You said it perfectly. I'm like, yep. That's what he said. I was just <laughs> trying. To, I was trying to recap the the last conversation yeah. just to be like, I think that that's where along the lines of where we were talking. 
No, absolutely. Uh, you know, and the purpose of was really what you was alluding to, you know, being in a, this role now, right, of what I would consider greater support and service, right? Because at the heart of who I am, you know, I'm an idealist who loves to support and serve other people to extraordinary wins. Mm. And it sounds like, you know, that's my line. Like that's, so ultimately that's what, that's where the heart of who PJ is. I want to see other people do well wherever mm. it is that they want to go. Right. And so with the experience that you're talking about specifically, and then the space that we're in, um, which I don't think, off, you know, is getting highlighted more so these days is the space of African-American males, you know, in this, you know, um, this new age of technology, this new age of information. Yep. Go ahead. You're, you're good. Keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, so what my hope for anybody that crossed my path is to be able to instill in them what was really, you know, has been given to me by other mentors and, and folks that I um, value. So I'm only saying it from a place where I was ignorant or lacked that same, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I needed that coaching. So I'll, I'll give you the backstory to what, what, we're, what you were alluding to. It was a job back in... I can't remember. It was it was a while ago, you know, Asher, you know, mid 2000s or yeah, like 2000. It's probably like 2010 or so. And so I wanted to make a shift. Right. I was working as a as a tech. I wanted to up my game. You know, I knew some things to do, you know, have your resume. Right. Uh, you know, make sure you do. The, uh, you know, LinkedIn wasn't popping off then like that. So, you know, you go to the different job sites, the monster.com career builder. Make sure you got a tight resume. There's some networking stuff. So there was a there was a job. I went for it, and when I got there, uh, the the manager, the safety manager, happened to be an African American man, and we were the same age. We're literally the same age. He's in a managerial role. I'm in a tech role, right? But one thing, I, you know, I came in there with the suit on, looking presentable. I think that made a good impression on him. And uh, as we were talking in the beginning, he he laid out something for me that I had never even heard of because he was like, hey, what I'm going to do is ask you these set of questions, you know, just relax, take your time. And then he was like, have you ever heard of a star response? Now, before then, I had never heard of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had no idea. I was clueless. Like, right. But I appreciated him giving me that kind of game right. early on. He like he literally set me up. And so he told he explained to me what a star response is. He's like, when I ask you these questions, I want to know the situation or the task. I want to know the action you took and the result that you got from it. And the reason why he wanted that information packaged in that way mm -hmm. was so that he could determine like whatever area, whether it was dealing with conflicts, whether it was how you are as a team player, whatever it was, I would be able to have a story um, or, or an instance, whatever you want to call it, that would that would talk to that point to give him like the, the information that he needed. And so that just resonated with me for like, because he didn't have to do that for me. He could have just had me just sitting there, you know, and asked me a bunch of questions, had me, you know, yapping off. Or, or whatever, and not giving a, a really intentional answer to his questions, hmm. and then we wouldn't have really known. Now, subsequently, I didn't get that job, and I was, and, and 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 the one thing that knocked me out from it wasn't my responses; it was something completely else. But the fact, 
But here's the thing, me and him still remain connected throughout our, throughout our career. So another time, it was another job opportunity that came up to work for a comp- another company where that he moved to, went to that job interview. Again, now by this time, LinkedIn was popping off. So I had to step my game up there, make connections, all of that, go to that interview. And it was funny because I'm at the interview and I looked up who was going to interview me because it wasn't just him. He was at a different site. And one of the things that I um, picked up was, hey, study who's going to interview you, kind of get a feel for where, you know, what they do, where they went to school, what they're interested in, because you can kind of pick up on some of those things on a profile. I'm at the at the interview and the HR lady comes and she walks me through the, through into the office and through the window. I see one of the persons that was going to interview me. I was like, oh, there's so and so. And the HR lady's like, how you know them? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they were on they were on LinkedIn. And I mean, it totally blew her away. Like mm-hmm. she was like super shocked that like I went to that depth right. for the interview, right? Showing that kind of interest. Again, I didn't get the job, <laughs> right? But it was just the fact that I was willing to go through those types of reps, right? right. We talk about that from a sports reference. It's like you got to get in the reps so you that when you actually get in the game, that you know how to execute effectively. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kept on doing. I was just getting my reps in, getting my reps in. Now there was I was disappointed. But I wasn't, dis- you know, I wasn't disappointed in my effort to really like show up. Mm. And so fast forward, now I'm the safety manager, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm interviewing folks. And so I've been through the other side. So I know what it looks like to go to an opportunity expecting, you know, the best or one, you know, hoping for quote unquote to say, oh, you're the guy or the gal. And then, but you you, you don't know how that's, that interaction is going to go between that person. So yeah, I had a young man there um, and, and, you know, pr- presentation wise, it just wasn't there, you know, just coming out the gate. And that's why I like, Oh man, like do 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 brothers still know like that exists? Like that's a critical component. And I don't know what's being taught out here, you, you know, to to candidates outside of like just maybe college. Cause I think mm-hmm. when you go to college, you kind of get at least a little bit of understanding. And I know there's a lot of different mentoring programs out there and things of that nature. But I'm like, how many people are really taking hold of that information and really like putting in the thought process of like, oh, okay, when I go to an interview, when I go to an opportunity, am I presenting myself in the best way possible to get to land such opportunity? Now, you never know what's going to happen and you just got to take advantage of it. That's how I see it. It's like, you got to take advantage of whatever is there for you. Mm -hmm. And if you're not at the quote unquote, like top of your game, you just kind of just sitting there literally like just chilling, just waiting for something to happen. It's not right. Like we don't, we're not living in a world where those things, like, I don't know what, what narrative people were told, you know, I know we hear the the word like entitlement generation and all these Mm -hmm. other things. I don't, I ain't gonna, cause my my generation probably grew up a certain type of way thinking like certain things are going to be handed to them. Mm -hmm. Now you can say, oh, it's how I was raised. I don't, I can't tell you what it was. All I knew is that I had to learn a certain level of information and then execute on it. And so my parents, you know, they taught me a a certain level of things, right? And and how I was raised and how I grew up is like, you got to have a certain work ethic. You got to make sure you're presentable. You got to make sure, you, all, you know, all of these things. But then I had to take that information and build on top of it and do extra work. So if it's personal mm-hmm. development, you know, listening to different podcasts, you know, Googling and researching YouTube and how to do interviews, whatever it was that I needed to do, I had to build it up and then right. like ingest it for myself. And so in this interview, I mean, in the interview process, 
I could just tell that it wasn't there for him. Like I got a sense that that information had never been transferred to him. And maybe even maybe I'm not putting this on him. Maybe he just didn't have that kind of desire to go get that information. Mm. So what do I do? I'm like, okay, I want to help him out long term. Again, I want I want to see, you know, serve and support people to extraordinary wins, even if it's not like, quote unquote, with me. Mm -hmm. I believe like, oh, this young man can still get a win wherever he goes. So I just shared with him some things that, you know, that I noticed in the interview. It wasn't just about the presentation. It was about when to ask for money, how to ask for money. Uh, having questions for, you know, for myself and my manager and other people. It shows interest, right? So when you don't have any questions, I question that. Because I'm like, okay, did you did you research the company? Did you research, you know, the job position? You know, did you take into account where you want to go? What's your five-year plan? What's your ambitions? All of those things. And when, like, what's a fit for you? You got to, I would, I'm not saying you got to think about all those things. I don't want to put that on email because, we all think different. I'm just trying to encourage somebody else to maybe co- to consider some things that you can think about. Right. Thank you. That that's very well put. Taking it from where the information was given to you from somebody that again they didn't have to, and even though you didn't come out with the opportunity, you were able to take the information that you got moving forward, applying yourself in a in a better way than what you had before, and then doing it mm-hmm. again with another set of information going on your own. And now when the opportunity came to you, you in turn passed on what you felt could benefit the person. And when when you say you're an idealist, what what does that mean for you? Mm, so that's a good question. I believe in I believe that we can do things in a way that are that better everybody around us. That's what I mean by an idealist. Gotcha. So I look for opportunities to, and it's not just for because I have to internalize this. Mm-hmm. So as a as a as a husband, as a father, how can I be better for the people around me that I mostly influence, i.e. Gladys, Kendall, Veda, Gemma? And I gotta believe that PJ has to eliminate some things about himself that aren't working mm-hmm. to be at the ideal state that PJ wants to be. Gotcha. That 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 makes that makes like I don't know if I say <laughs> perfect sense, but it just makes sense. And I, I did the the sign for okay. But yeah, it, like, it makes sense in, in the way that it explains why you were looking out for the person or at least for the candidate that you interviewed where it was, hey, the way in which you're presenting, it's not ideal for me. It's not going to work out for us because we can't give you a job in the way that you're showing up. But also Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for you because you're not getting the job in the way that you present. And if you take the same demeanor that you have now, you're going to get the same results. So I'm going to do my part to help you in the way that I can. And in doing that, it's up to you to to Mm -hmm. take it and run with it. But this is like a best case scenario situation. It's like I'm giving you game, like something that can help you. Whether mm-hmm. you choose to use it to your benefit or not, that that's that's on you. But I'm I'm glad you explained that because a lot of times I'll hear words and unless I look it up in the dictionary definition or other times people might say something and I'm like, maybe I thought I knew what it meant, but then I, I realize I, I don't know. So that, that's why I'm like, let me make sure that you explain it to me so that I'm understanding exactly um where where the conversation is going. That way I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want to just be like, okay, okay, hurry up and talk so I can make a joke or hurry up and say <laughs> this so I can go to the next thing. But it's like, no, let me make sure that I'm understanding
understanding mm-hmm. what you're telling me to the best of my ability. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I when I think about just like my life and and where I've been and the situations that I've gone through. I've always looked for like the ideal um, environment that mm-hmm. everybody can like benefit from. Right. You know, if it w- to like, I remember it was summers I would in uh, family reunions, mm-hmm. right? And even young kid, and I would make it and in, be intentional about serving the family if it was a fish fry and and just making sure you know it's like the older folks had water or lemonade mm-hmm. or in, in their in their plate and go you know do all those things and running around. Now, back in the day, it would probably consider like, oh, he's being a goody two-shoes and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, 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 forget all that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I generally just wanted other people to enjoy themselves. Right. I generally want to see other people win. Mm-hmm. Like, that shouldn't be... So, and and for a long time, I used to, you know, it, because it was branded to me, oh, that's soft, oh, that's weak, or oh, you should only think about yourself. Mm-hmm. I had this collision between my own personal convictions and the world around me, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to fight that for a long time because it would it would be to the point where someone would say something to me, PJ, you, you, you're too nice. You're too good of a person. People will just run all over you. Okay. I, I get that. I do. I get that. And, and that has happened. However, th- that's not on me. That's ev- everything about that person. If they choose to do that, and it's less on me having to change my behavior or my demeanor. Gotcha. And that doesn't mean that I haven't done those things. You know, maybe somebody else feels like PJ's done that to them, mm. right? And I've had to make those corrections. And, and that that's that's where that's where it lands for me. You know, like okay, if I'm gonna be this this man, this man of God that I call myself to be, mm. then I need to mimic that to the best of my ability. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So I guess the question I'd have for you is when in knowing that you're an idealist and you you want to set up especially the environments that you find yourself in to work to the benefit of everyone or the most amount of people that you can make it work for while mm-hmm. it's still working for you how have you taken the feedback you receive where people are saying you're, you're getting run over or if you see that you you are getting taken advantage of whether it's by good people or like people just not understanding what your intentions are have you found yourself either changing your behavior or changing your environment or what have you done to take that feedback and still make your actions and your your interactions with the people in your environment ideal for you mm. hope that question is say- too wordy <laughs> no no you're good i'm hoping i can give you the answer that i i want to give you just me um and before I, I was in the space of when that was said to me it completely disabled me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. meaning i'm not the type of person to get like outright angry while out you know frustrated kirk out kind of dude i'm just not that dude what i am is somebody who will take that kind of information and then isolate himself you know very negatively and still kind of keep a quasi smile on my face at the same time, they're like, oh, nothing happened. Well, all, <laughs> all that changed uh, when I got married. <laughs> because actually, I have a wife who doesn't let me settle for anything else but me being at the best state that I am. Mm. If it, you get where I'm at, like, yeah. she'll call, she, she sees me in a way that literally, like, nobody else 
has ever seen me mm-hmm. and she understands certain nuances about me and she calls them out even where, where, what i used to call like my personal pity parties she's mm-hmm. like nah we're not do- we're not doing that yeah. <laughs> and so before I, that's what i did i had mm-hmm. these personal pity parties if somebody said something like that to me and just sulk mm-hmm. and be in these depressive states yeah. and shut myself down because which kind of segues into some other things. That's what I saw in my environment, right? You either, you either reacted as a man in two ways. Mm-hmm. Either you got downright ignorant, crazy, wild out, or you just went to your cave, whatever that cave is. Mm-hmm. And then my cave ended, ended up being, you know, alcohol. My cave ended up being, you know, smoking, you know, weed. Mm-hmm. My my cave became, you know, began, you know, going into pornography. Those were my caves. Right. Being isolated and secluded and not really dealing with my issue, not the issue of what that person said, mm-hmm. but the issue of whatever trauma um, that I had going on in my life and really taking control of it mm-hmm. and taking taking ownership of my emotions. And that was a hard thing for me to do because I never seen it. I never seen it modeled. Right. A lot of men in my era, right, yeah. didn't see it modeled. <laughs> and so we went to those other caves. Or those other, you know, nuances, because that's what was modeled. And it was, and that was, that's what got you respect. That's what got you noticed. That's what got you hyped, whatever you want to call it. But yet it further, it further dug into the ground that, that hurt that was there. It's like, it further put cement on it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, it's screaming to come out, come out, come out, but it can't because you're further cementing it with the same toxicity that it was built in. Mm -hmm. And until I was willing to, until I was willing to start breaking and chipping away from that and saying, no, what? No more, like Mm -hmm. no more will I... And I, I often say this, like, I feel like I'm still in, you know, first, second grade being able to emotionally articulate where I'm at. I've gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been able to process things better, but yeah. I believe that's where it starts at. And it's where I'm at now right. because I've went to therapy, because I've, you know, been a part of, you know, some brothers that are willing to be transparent and vulnerable you know, and share their life in an authentic way that isn't what was modeled and mm-hmm. personified and exemplified so heavy and so hard all of my life. Now I, I now I'm in a place where I, you know, a, a new level of comfortability to be transparent mm-hmm. about those things and and to build upon those things to show up just like I am, however that comes, and be okay with that. For the longest time, I just wasn't okay with me, mm-hmm. and it, once I became okay with me and who I am and what I'm about and what I what I love and what I'm you know passionate with and mm-hmm. what's quirky yeah. about me and off you know <laughs> people be like oh what, what did he do that like, that's 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 me mm-hmm. and I just it just took time to get to that point and you just got to put again you got to put in the reps with it but you got to be willing to self-assess right like we yeah. hear that <laughs> You're willing to self-assess and then see it and then say, you know what? I can have that. Mm-hmm. It's not about, oh, oh, I got to have a whole bunch of this right. to help me get that. It's just like, no, that was already inside of me. Mm-hmm. Things in my environment and tried to strip it away or, or, or knock it down and put it to the side. And I was like, no more. Like, why? Right. For what? It's it's not it's not benefiting me and the other people around me if I'm like that. Mm-hmm. Because we all, because God's given me gift god's giving you a gift god's giving other all of us these unique gifts of who we are Mm -hmm. to be a benefit this is my 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 wife like how Mm -hmm. she is is a gift right had 
had I been on some uh, like other stuff with with marriage, right? What mm-hmm. she was saying to me and what she was giving to me, most folks would have been like, woman, like get out my face. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. <laughs> like keep it moving. Yeah. But however, I if I say I love this woman, I honor her, I cherish her, mm-hmm. I want to be with her for the rest of my life. I know she's my rib. She gives me all this value, but then I'm just gonna right. like blow it off when she says something that's crooked. Like when I say crooked, that doesn't align with what like right, what I right. want to hear or how I want to be. It wasn't crooked what she was saying. What she was saying mm-hmm. was was to make my 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 road straight. Right. But at the time, I'm like, yo, that's crooked. Like, how do I deal with that? Because on an emotional level, I was still down at I was down in first grade. Right. Right. When when she's like, you know, in college, freshman mm-hmm. year, <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to do that. No, no. <laughs> You know what? I just want my. I'm like, I just want my line. I'm like, she's like, right. ah, like, no, you can be better. Yeah, that, because that, I love you. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say, since you're you're right there, this question kind of jumped into my head. Like doing the work that, like you know, the work that you've done in in recent years, and kind of having to really face the emotional burden of like, okay, I'm emotional about what my wife is saying to me but like when before she was your wife when you guys were just meeting like what what's something or some things that allowed you to listen per se when you didn't want to listen or what's something that was like okay maybe she's got a point or maybe I'll stick around more so than like okay yeah you're bugging like go on somewhere else I'm going to go find somebody that just agrees with me lets me get into my cave and kind of do what it is that I want to do like what's something from like the get go that kind of said, you know, like, although I don't want to deal with this now, like, I want to stick around a little oh, bit. Oh, I have the, I have the perfect, oh, here it goes, here it goes. Uh, when, when Gladys and I met, right, mm-hmm. Kendall was nine months. So, you know, I, Kendall was in my, well, I was going for custody for Kendall mm-hmm. and I met Gladys. So we, I, we went through this horrible, you know, relationship, ending of well, this relationship. Mm-hmm. with with her with Kendall's mom and my house was a wreck Asher so at that time you know I was doing the music the hip hop production but my house was in ruins I mean there was I was literally sleeping I had a four bedroom house and I was sleeping in the living room with with like three or four fans on like a beaten up futon I had a whole bed to myself, but my bedroom was like, it would look like an episode of Hoarders. It was just, it was just straight trash. Kendall was at my mom's house while we were going through the go through. I was like, she needs just me to be somewhere safe, somewhere, you know, where I know she's being taken care of so that I could start to fix what, what it needed to be fixed in my life. So as I'm getting things back together, I meet Gladys. One of the first things that happens is she comes to the house and, you know, we're kicking it and she notices there's a door like past the kitchen. And she's like, huh, where does that door lead to? I was like, oh, that leads to my bedroom. She was like, huh. She was like, so we're not going to go see it? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, nah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, nah, you don't want to see it. And she was like, no, it's all good. Wait, man, she opened that door. I'm talking to, I'm like, it was just full blown. Like that was me. That was, that was a representation of where my life was. Mm -hmm. It was just total mess, total chaos. And this is what she said. 
oh, we can get this together. It's all right. And she literally, I mean, picking up bags of clothes, takes them to the laundromat. Mm -hmm. I'm emptying out stuff. And that right there, Asher, let me know without knowing, right, at the time that this is legit. If she was willing to come in when I got all of the baggage, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the single dad. I got the jacked up house. I got a room that I can't, my own room I can't even sleep in. And she's willing to go in there, get my dirty drawers, take them to the washer and wash them and bring them back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We we, we got something. We working on something. We're going to figure this out. Right. She, 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 she's the real deal. And she's been the real deal ever since. I didn't know it at the time that it was going to be that. But the fact that she was willing to get in that kind of physical mess, mm-hmm. you know, then yeah, this emotional mess, this relational mess, this spiritual mess. She was well, she's been willing to get in with me and not get out of the arena with me ever since. That's awesome. It's like having somebody to have your back from the get go and just be like, oh, like it wasn't a lot of judgment it was just okay we can do this and here i'm lending you a hand to to do it so it's like now you have one less excuse where it's like well i've got to do it's like well okay i'm start with this one right here and then get this thing and it's like oh oh okay well yeah i'm like (laughs) oh i'm like oh that didn't help i guess i i could i could do something right i was like oh she didn't leave she didn't i didn't scare off with that like Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> guess look, guess we can go from here. Like, yeah. Where else are we gonna go? We can. All we can do is go up from there. Right. Because that was that was the bottom for mm-hmm. me at that time. And now looking at our life, these last twelve years have mm-hmm. been amazing. And 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 that sometimes is a scary thing to say because I know how bad marriages are suffering right now, especially because of COVID, all of the different. Um, just, um, just heart wrenching things that are going on with marriages these days. I just, right. my heart, my I was just a big heart for marriage, anyways, because mm-hmm. it's just something I always wanted to do. I always wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. Couldn't wait to get married. I didn't know what all that meant. Right. Yet now, being in it, I'm like, yes. And even us, we've had things that we've had to go through. Nothing as I would, well, between us, really yeah. as traumatizing. Like we've gone through some traumatic things. Going, mm-hmm. doing what we had to deal with with two child, children. Especially with Gemma having heart surgery was a major blow mm-hmm. to our relationship and just like the go through of it, figuring out who we are, how we're going to sustain ourselves, our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet at the same time, we've we've always found a way to be committed and joined together through anything no matter what it what it is right. and to to do that uh to be intentional about figuring it out to be intentional about still saying you know what babe you're the I'm I'm you you're my ace number one and no matter what we can figure these things out and it hasn't been it has definitely not been easy it's all been worth it because she's just that good <laughs> like she's just that good to me and I you know I want to you know, she said something to me actually maybe a couple of weeks ago. We had a little weird off day, right? And she said something to me that I've never heard anybody say anywhere in any setting, especially like with you know, with in marriages and relationships, even to myself. Uh, she said, I wanna, I don't want there to be any day where you doubt how I feel about you. And I was like, Wow, yeah, that's that's heavy. <laughs> like for for a spouse to say, you know, each and every day, I have it in my mind to make sure that you, you, the person that I'm committed to, made a covenant with, and you know, down for for whatever for. I want to make sure you never doubt how I feel about you each and every day. Like, think about how many folks we could benefit from that type of mindset. Yeah. Well, I, 
I guess it might depend on who you're asking. I don't know why. Like initially when I, I heard it, it's like you can see the the uh, the positivity of it, but also mm -hmm. it's like depending on where your head's at, you could see the negativity well, yeah. of it of being like, okay, maybe I don't want to know that you hate my guts every single well, day. It's like, well, let me just, well, I'm, I'm, just keep as that an to idealist. <laughs> right. As an right. idealist. <laughs> That's what I meant by. But yes, it can certainly go the other way. Gotcha. I don't want to ever let you know how I feel about you. Right. You're dirty, right? Like, all right, well, cool. Yes, I get that. Yeah. Right. But I mean, at least the way the way in which you said it, I think it it points more towards the positive or towards like the yeah. growth of like. Obviously, mm -hmm. I don't want you to to see it as like okay where where are we at i want you to be clear that yeah. we're in this together i i got that yeah. from from what you were saying that, that, that exactly that's what she was pointing to yes gotcha. and i and that's what i felt and that's what resonated with me mm. and then i was like oh wow that's what you've been working off of mm. <laughs> okay uh, I get it. You know, right. I see it. I experience it. I live it. Right. You know, it, it's it's palatable to me. It, there's never, I never had any questions or doubts mm -hmm. at, at one moment where how she's felt about me, that, that she loves me, that she adores me, that she is willing to be with me through everything that we go through. And that she, you know, is is committed to this thing a thousand percent. I've never felt, I'm never just like, oh, it's today the day that, you know, she makes the choice. Because it's all a choice, right? Yeah. We make the choice, even in this marriage, to say, yep, that's the person that I'm going to, you know, I'm choosing today. And mm -hmm. one day you could, and people are making their choice, unfortunately, yeah. that, ah, you know what, this thing ain't really for me. And and that that's what part that breaks my heart, because you just don't know what it is that created that for that person and how they, you know, what what could have what could be done or mm -hmm. what was missed or, or what can still even happen mm -hmm. to help change that whole mindset that shift for them right because I, I believe a lot of cases it's still possible i mm -hmm. believe it's just sometimes we're just kind of missing that clarity again that we need uh and then there's the space of you know what are what are you husband dealing with internally that you haven't expressed to your wife and vice versa and how do you reconcile those things with each other in a space that is uh safe vulnerable and transparent to have those um breakthroughs that you're looking for because I, I don't I, I believe that a lot of marriages don't really want to end it for ending its sake because there's a lot of yet you've invested. I'm not talking about um, money or with kids. I'm talking about just two people sharing life together. You've invested a lot just to say I'm with this person and I value them as uh, for who they are or I see something in them that had me make a decision that I wanted to be with that person for, you know, until death do us part. Right. Yeah. I guess uh, right off of that, um, to point back to something that you said earlier, where your wife showed you the type of person she was. So my question to you is, um, what? why did you choose to respect what she presented, like instead of taking advantage of it and being like, oh, okay, you just want to come in here, clean up for me. Okay, I'm going to be rude to you. I'm going to be like this. I'm just going to like use you until like I can get over like what what allowed you to kind of I don't know if you already answered this, but what allowed you to see the 
the person that she was presenting and say, okay, just like she said, she can work with this mess. I can work with this chance I'm being given to kind of point back to what the recruiter did for you back when you first met him. And he gave you the the star analogy Mm -hmm. to say, here's how I'm going to ask you these questions. Here's how I need you to respond so that Mm -hmm. we have a proper dialogue. So like Mm -hmm. when I went to the relationship piece and you were in that messy place to where you couldn't even get to your own personal room. Like once you got and received the help, what's what in your head is allowing you to say, um, okay, this is something that's good for me and I'm going to take care of it. Mm, this is something good for me and I'm going to take care of it. It's what I wanted and what I was looking for. I, I had to step back and, and think about where I was. And the relationship that I had before that was really so debilitating uh, in a lot of ways. It 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 it, it caused a lot of pain for me as uh, looking at, as a man and, and emotionally, um, sexually, um, spiritually. I mean, it it brought me like to my knees in a lot of ways, uh, and it's it was it was tough going through that, like really tough because I was I so wanted I was so looking looking for and yearning for that family piece in my life, like beyond like my immediate family, like creating that within my, like within my own sphere. And when I did, when I didn't, when that wasn't possible, when I, when I can't, like it was, it was basically like, it was destroying the picture that I had already created in my mind in front of me. It was like, you know, just taking a razor blade to it and just saying like, nope, you're never going to have that. Right. And I, and I was just like, oh, is this like, is this real? Is this, is this it? I'm going to be a single dad and I'm going to, you know, go out on dates with different women and till I find the right one that can be in, you know, her, in her life. And how is she going to be as a stepmom? And, and how am I going to, you know, handle all of the, uh, the, the, the co-parenting issues? Uh, you know, I just, I was in a state where I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose that vision, that, that dream, that hope that I would have what I always yearned for, for myself and my family. And that, when I saw in, in her, was like it was it was it was it was evident. It was it was just very plainly clear that that she was that. Yeah. And and I didn't. And it was crazy because you think like, well, did you just jump into it? You know, because a lot of times it's like, oh, the time frame when it, when we got together is like you know I met her like a month later after the whole issue with you know the former relationship. Then by that Thanksgiving, because I was in the summertime, by that Thanksgiving. I knew I was going to propose. I was. I told my boy. I was like, "Hey, I got up on Black Friday." He was like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "Go get this ring," because I knew. <laughs> he was like, "All right, well, let's go." <laughs> but I, it was, it was just something I didn't. It was like I, I didn't want to give myself the doubt to question: Is this the right choice? Because I know myself, and I think this is important to help somebody out there who may be hearing this. I'm learning and I'm still learning because I did it then and I had to relearn this and I'm hoping that I can recall what I was thinking about earlier, but it's coming up now. 
I had to master how to get out of my own way. That's what I'm mastering. And I'm still learning how to master it even now as I'm trying to talk about it. But it was, it's literally that because I will self-sabotage, overthink, overanalyze, come up with all kinds of different scenarios, come up with my own dialogue, you know, in my head and say, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is it. And then it no, totally doesn't go that way. In that moment, I was I was not in, getting in my way. Getting custody of my daughter, I didn't get in my own way. Making the decision to marry Gladys, didn't get in my own way. I, I could very well could have done that, given who the type of person that I am and where I was at in my life, because that's what I did a lot of times. I got in my own way, not heeding what I knew from uh from a discernment, from a from an internal just gut wrenching. This is the way that I need to go. Perspective. I'd be like, oh well, maybe I can kind of you know, finagle, and it will. And it was like, nope, nope, it did, it just would not. And so I never questioned what was like, where I was being led. It was like, it was that moment where, you know, people were, especially in the faith, was this kind of described as like spirit led. They can't tell you how, Paul couldn't tell you how he got from like Damascus to somewhere else. It was like, no, the spirit led me to Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden he popped up in Jerusalem. You know, you are, you know and I might be fumbling the scriptures. I'm not trying to go I'm just saying in the scriptures it talks about that where somebody was in one place and the next time they were in another and the spirit led them there the spirit led me in such a way where I was there was no question there was no doubt as to what was happening and I was just I did an all I had to do was get out of my own way because if I got in my way then we wouldn't be having this conversation right now to talk about the wonders and the joy and the adoration that I have for a marriage that quite literally, I, I still am like, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, I think you, you answer that very well. And it's like that, that not getting in, in your own way part. It, it seems like it's because it, it's like, it, let me know if this makes sense to you mm-hmm. and not getting in your own way. Sometimes it, it's like looking past the doubt or like the second guessing as to like, okay, maybe I have to have everything else figured out or just you have so many things not going right. The chance something comes up, it's like, hey, like regardless how this is, I don't need to think like, how long is it going to be here? How long is it going to last? It's like, hey, there's an opportunity where I'm at my lowest and someone is willing to help me. Let me try it out for what it's worth. And then even like as you're fighting, like you said, to get custody of your daughter, it's very, I don't know what the statistics are, but more times than not, the daughter would be with the mom. It's very rare that the dad would be able to get custody of their child or very less even see their child. And it's, uh, mm -hmm. go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, All I wanted to say was that was what I was up against and everybody and their their mama was literally saying like, are you sure that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wait, and at the same time, I just because I want to give like the full spectrum of it. Asher, I'm, I'm going through the, the custody battle. I just had my car for um, repoed. I'm facing a foreclosure on my home. You know, I'm I'm literally like living paycheck to pay. No payday loan to payday loan. I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. I'm getting payday loans. And if anybody knows about payday loans. That, this is like a whole nother um, wormhole of, of debt that you never want to get in because you, you'll get, you know, $500, but they're charging like 800% interest. 
and you can just fax a little paper that says, you know, you make so much and you get the money. And then by like two weeks later, you got to pay that one. Well, I was getting payday loans to pay off payday loans. That was my life right then and there. And I'm still drinking and smoking and acting a fool. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't at my best. And so when people, I hear people say, oh, well, I got to wait till I get this certain amount or I get to this level, or I have this and, you know, whatever that is, I'm like, you, what are you waiting for? What, what, just because I'm an idealist doesn't mean I'm waiting for the ideal situation. Right. Because that wasn't an ideal situation. There, nothing about it screamed, oh, PJ's a good catch. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Yet at the same time, she was willing to go in it with me. I'm like, you know what? I, I want to be here. I want to be in this with you. So let, well, let's figure this out. I love it. Right. I mean, it's like, and I, I mean, even to bring it back to like the career front or like on the, the customer service and where I know we were joking mm -hmm. about like the iPhones and, and whatnot, but like you were saying, just for a moment, considering the person on the other side and being like, okay, if I presented in this way, then mm -hmm. take in, into account how they may be coming through like that, that might make the process a bit more smooth because mm -hmm. like, it, it seems like a lot of times the hard lessons that kind of come through like hard times where you've got to really go through something hit your head a few times and be like, oh, okay, now I get it. And then if you're able to give, like, get that lesson and pass it on to somebody, it, it's almost like that's usually what you older people try to tell younger people. Where in speaking with my oldest brother, he's 11 years older than me and, and us being able to communicate, it's almost, it's like the, the level of success we might say in our conversations comes through on, okay, from what we talked about, say five years ago to where we are now, like what's changed? What have you applied? What have you learned? And with him being able to tell me like, this is something I just got over and to see you get over it, whether it's like being in individualistic, like knowing that, okay, um, tomorrow when I start my family, these are the things that I'm considering. Here's how I can be independent, like having my mm -hmm. own family, but still caring enough about my family with my parents to look back and be like, hey, siblings, let's get together. Let's let's communicate. Even if, if we might be at odds at times, it's like, hey, it's the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Despite anything that everybody else has going on, let's find a way to make this like as easy as possible. Some people might say, hey, if you've got to fake it, hey, I'm willing to fake it for us to come together. That way, at least if things aren't the best on your end, I might not know, but I'm not going to come here with a bad attitude in order to mm. be like, because you did me wrong last year. Now I'm just going to be all up in arms and just like, uh, well, you, you figure it out. It's like, no, how about we figure it out and I'll show mm -hmm. up the best th way that I can to make this, this thing work. Because then it's like, if, if um if I do my best to present to you in a good way, after a while mm -hmm. you might start feeling bad, like, man, okay, PJ's really looking out for me and I'm like, why is this person being so nice? Like, unless you're just just bad to the bone, <laughs> like rotten. Like <laughs> most people have a sense of be like, okay, 
if somebody that doesn't have to it's is still treating you with some sort of uh i don't know if you'd say reverence or just like some mm. so, some form of respect you you kind of you want to give that back to be like okay like this this is somebody that that's a good person like let me let me see if i can also like give back in some way yeah it it it's it's a it's it's a tough bag it is it really is especially when you talk about family right cuz there's a different level of history and and understanding and family dynamics and, you know i've heard this before where you know as as older like you know i have a sister and a brother i got multiple ones but just here where i live at sister and brother where we grew up together now when we have different events it automatically seems like when you fall back into the fold of who you were as you grew up as opposed to who you are as an adult right my sister she's the baby but she has her own chef business right me and my brother we're we're both the same age cuz we were step brothers but we met at 10 uh you know he has He's he's the musician, but he's also a safety professional. I'm a safety professional. Yeah, I'm a, you know I'm also an ordained preacher. You know, it, so there. But when we come together, you know, it seems like all of those things fall away, and it's just like my brothers. You know, he'll he'll be say, "Oh, well, he's you know the oldest because he was born before me by a couple of months." I'm kind of like the middle one. and then we got the baby sister and you know I'm the golden child he's the black sheep she's the baby you know it's just kind of rolls like yeah. that's how how <laughs> however what you what you're speaking to is something that I yearn for a lot when you're talking about those dynamics when you come together as family mm-hmm. where we we just see each other you know what i mean like we just we 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 see each other for where we're at right now and we just love and adore it and we just appreciate it and we 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 dive into that yeah we 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 go to the old school ways of like what we kind of did but at the same and at the same time we're just so engrossed in like yo sis like you really doing your thing out there doing the chef cuz she does she just does a phenomenal job and hey bro like what you're doing in the space where you, uh with with your music and going out here and performing like that's so dope that's super cool and you just love the fact that who they are as human beings now at this stage in their life is amazing for them and you don't get into all of that other whatever is out there you know that, that kind of gets drummed up in the in the atmosphere you know because everybody's got it you yeah. know for 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 either smaller or larger and I see it even in my girls mm-hmm. um you know especially the older two right you you could see the dynamics of them you know intertwined and how they're getting along with each other and you know where where their where their personalities mm-hmm. are very vastly different yeah yet at the same time where they're like so connected in other ways that they can't live with it out each other and then there's other times they're just like Oh my gosh, if you don't get on my face right now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and it, and then what our hope is as her as their parents, yeah. when they get older, they're they're all like thick as thieves as sisters, you know? Like they're just they're just bonded so well. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and it's it's a that's why I said it's a tough bag because it goes back to that whole I think what we talked about before where you have to put yourself in a position where one you don't get you get out of your own way and two you're willing to step into that arena with even that person and be vulnerable to get through whatever it is that you're you're getting through um even if it's even between y'all I like how you you brought it back to that's probably the point I was trying to make like in 
getting out of your own way, like and getting out of my own way, I've found that more opportunities that I've maybe desired start to come my way as to where it's mm-hmm. like, for example, and even applying for the jobs, like how you talk about um, doing the proper research for the companies. It's like it almost becomes into another job. But a part of what I'm realizing as we talked last time and as you're talking now, highlighting some of those things, I'm like, okay, I've got to get out of my own way instead of being maybe jaded or thinking like, I'm just putting this time into a vacuum. It's like you may not Mm -hmm. research every single company that you're applying for, but the moment that someone reaches out and makes the connection and then you have the opportunity for an interview, you best try and put your best foot forward like put in an extra effort, even if you don't get the job, just to know that, hey, I tried. Like, I didn't let my ego stand in the way to be like, oh, I'm so-and-so, I went here, I've done this, experienced that experience. It's like, at the end of the day, it might not, what's the saying? People don't know that you care until people, what is it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They don't They don't know how, how much you care until they know until like they like they remember people remember how you make them feel and like in the mm. same way it's like you can't really you can't express everything always through words like some things are expressed through body language some things are expressed through like acts of service and mm. all those the little things some of those things that you mentioned it's like you need to do that in a professional setting or you need to do that in a marriage setting or you need to do that mm-hmm. in a family setting to where it's like, mm-hmm. although it may not benefit you there in the moment, years down the line, all of a sudden something may just happen to where it's like when you thought people weren't listening or they weren't hearing you, it's like, oh no, I, I was hearing, but maybe I couldn't get out of my own way to receive the good that you were doing t- for me mm-hmm. or to me. And now that I, I had some time to process it on my own, now I can be kind to you too. And like, I was maybe picking on you because I had this insecurity or it's like mm. everyone's dealing with something different. But like when you point to that, get out of your own way and allow for the things that can work for you to actually work for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a what I, you know, I have a friend and that's why probably that whole get out of your own way came up because he taught a class to us not too long ago, like around the summer where it was for like adults. It was like learning the things that you should have learned as a, as a child, but it really was like, oh, you never forgot these things. Are you, you, you forgot these things that were already intuitively in you. And one of the things that I was hearing, even what you were talking about, you know, the getting out of your own way or how you prepare for things and what you you do moving forward. The one thing I believe that we miss is, especially for men and in this culture, in this environment, and we it's it's getting talked about a lot more. It's about feeling whatever it is that you're feeling at the moment and and being okay with, with how you feel about it. For example, after one of those interviews, or maybe both of them, I know, or well, getting getting the rejection from them, I was immediately sad and mad. People were like, oh, I'll take it personal. Well, I did. Okay, sorry. Because they told me no, right? 
Now, am I wrong for taking it personal? Absolutely not. I took it personal because I put a lot of effort into it. Now, that didn't stop me from moving forward. What I did, though, I needed to process the the no that I received, the rejection that I received, the way that I needed to handle it. And to, just to hear, oh, well, just, you know, don't take it personal. It was just business. Well, that personal business is tied to me making sure that I take care of my family the way that I want to. And I'm not I'm not going to sit around and cry and, and mope and be depressed all day about it. However, I believe that it's very beneficial because we read this in scripture yeah. to cry, to be sad, to be angry. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, don't, you don't hold on to that stuff, but how do you release that? You, right. It has to be released somewhere. And just to say, no, just hold it, compartmentalize it, box it up. Don't, you know, shove it down. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. So even if I like me telling that young man, hey, this, you know, I was giving him gain. I gave him like three, four things, Asher. Like he can go to that next space and mm-hmm. do. Now, if he wanted to get emotional about that or, you know, on all that, okay, cool. You can get emotional. Like, how can he tell me this, that, and the third? Mm-hmm. Cool. That's all. You are well within your, I don't, I'm not stopping you from doing that. Yeah. However, once you get out of that, was what I said beneficial, valuable for you to the next level? Because if it was like what they gave me when they gave me their game and though I was told no, and I thought mm-hmm. I did everything to the T that I was supposed to do, it didn't stop me from still pursuing what I knew what was for me. Even though I cried, even though yeah. I got upset, even though I doubted myself at some times, it didn't stop me. So there has to be that whole wave, mm-hmm. right? Of, okay, you feel this? Okay, cool. What does that feel like? Oh, that's 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 kind of sucky. Okay, cool. Well, how do we get out of that suck? Okay, well, let's do some things that get us out of that, whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. Could be exercising, could be watching a movie, could be listening to music, could be meditating, could be prayer, could be hanging out with friends, whatever gets you out of that so that you can now receive something new for you to move to the next. Yeah. And and I, that, that for me, for again, when we're talking about, and I'm not, you know, being biased here, but for men in particular, I believe that's just important, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to understand, because I know in the spaces that we're around, that's what a lot of men are dealing with, mm-hmm. to just sit and to just kind of sit with certain things. Um, and I, I believe it's just unnatural. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think to your point, I almost wanted to ask you, like, to recent memory, what's something that you sat with or how long did you sit with something until you said, OK, like enough, like enough clothes are piling up, like, let me clean this up because I know how bad it gets if I let it linger for too long. Because sometimes it's like when we say, yeah, I saw that it was bad. And then I just, I got over it. Like sometimes somebody might look at that, especially if they're in the moment of going through it, but they're like, you're not in my position. And it's, it's sometimes it's like, it's true. I'm not in your position, but the longer you stay there, like tomorrow keeps turning into tomorrow and I'll get up tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And it's like, you're trying to find the ideal situation to live ideally. It's like it, it doesn't it doesn't ever quite catch up when mm. when you're going through it because like on the one hand it's like you're going through it. Like mm-hmm. you're mad, you're sad, like you're just flooded with emotions. You're feeling something you don't want to feel. But it's mm-hmm. like you need to feel mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. in order to get over it. Otherwise yes. it's like you could suppress it and just be like I'm a man. I'm tough. I'm tough. I'm good. I'm good. 
And then it's like, next thing you know, you're falling over with the heart attack like a lot of men do because it's like they don't have that healthy exchange. It'd be like, hey, if you got to go work out, like move some weights, if you got to go for a walk or if you've got to make music or something, if you've got to draw, if you've got to, heck, go pick out some flowers, go look at something that may not be quote unquote manly, but finding a way to express an emotion that's internally in order for you to be back on track as yourself. No, I got a, I got the perfect one for you. Um, and, and this one hit home for me. Um, so Gemma, right? Born, well, before we even knew she was being born, she we knew about the hole in her heart, right? We knew we were going to have to do this surgery, this open heart surgery. And still, nothing can prepare you for that, especially for a little baby. I mean... It was it was one of those just like unimaginable kind of moments that as a parent you have to go through. And when she has the surgery, where where we were at the housing space waiting to kind of get the call to go see her. And she was in surgery for over 12 hours, right? You know, all day we were just, you know, chomping at the bit, getting, you know. Well, we had got a call and they said, you know, we have to be in here longer than expected. And, and that obviously got us a little bit more nervous about everything. Well, at, by the night time, like I want to say 10-ish comes, we finally get the call. Hey, you can come see her. So Gladys goes over there. I'm at the housing sp- spot like five minutes away. And Gladys comes in and she just like immediately goes into the, you know, the, um, the rush, the restroom. And, you know, gets herself together. And I was on the bed and I really didn't, I wasn't really, I couldn't really get it because I could hear her, you know, kind of crying um, in there, you know, as she's getting herself together. But I'm like, oh, you know, she's sad because she just saw her baby girl. I get that, right, to a certain degree and all that. But I really wasn't there with it, right? I go to work the next day. I get off, go to the housing place, walk over to Johns Hopkins right across the street. And actually, I get into the room. Now, mind you, when they said to us, you know, with the surgery, they they could not close her heart. They couldn't close her chest completely. They had to keep it open for a, a while. So she had like this, she had, they had to put like this special kind of, you know, covering over her chest where it was still partially open because there was some, she had this arrhythmia. That's what it was. That's just arrhythmia that was going on and they still wanted to monitor it. But in case they needed to go back in, they didn't want to close her completely. And when I walked into the room after to go finally see her when she was in ICU, I mean, there was wires coming out of everywhere, just plugged into our baby girl. And then I saw her on the tape on the bed, like part, you know, with this thing covering her chest and her heart parts, you know, open and it's beating. And uh, I'm I'm at the, you know, the bedside and I'm holding onto the rail. And Asher, I I just lost it. I like I I couldn't control myself. I it was the first time I ever had a panic attack. And I was I, my, my my heart started beating. I was getting weak, chest was getting tight, legs went up under me, the sensation in my, I mean, it was completely like flooring and I never had a panic attack before. I didn't know what that felt like. I didn't know what people, when they talked about it, what it meant, but that's what it was for me, at least in that moment. And all I could do was sob. All I could do was cry and just 
I just, I felt so helpless as a, as a father, as a man to not be able to do anything about the situation. And I remember the nurse saying to my wife, is he going to be okay? And she, and Gladys was like, well, this is the first time, you know, him seeing her like this. You know, I didn't, he didn't come last night. And she was like, oh, okay. And I, had I not been in a space to know the importance of releasing all of that, that was in me, the sobbing, the emotions. And I had just kept that in or walked away out of the room and said, no, I'm not going to go in there and see her until she, you know, is better or whatever. Cause I would have still had some experience of it, but I would have, you know, I, I would have tried to repress it, suppress it in some type of way. I would not be who who I am even more so now if I wouldn't experience all of that. I was supposed to experience that because one, it's my daughter. It's our daughter. She didn't ask for this. She did like, who am I to just walk away from her at her most vulnerable, you know, fragile state and, and charge it up to like, oh, I'm just being a man, you know, and waiting and, and being strong. No, it hurts. It sucks. This isn't fair. Why is my baby girl, you know, have just have open and I got to, you know, see all this, you know what, two day, two day of bed, <laughs> like, that's what I got to see. That's what I have to experience because that's what's in front of me. And now how I see like being in who I am in this space as a, in, in, in my environment for who's in, like, what's important to me, who's important to me, how I'm expressing myself. You know what? Life is literally like that because we don't deserve what, what happened. God blessed us with that. And it could have went another way. And I realized that because there are other parents that unfortunately, and God bless them, they, they have a different story to tell because their child, unfortunately, is not here. And I feel for that. And that resonates with me because I saw how close it could have been when we didn't have Jim. And so now when I'm looking at this life and what we are given and the gift that it is, yeah, I I want to experience it to the fullest that God intends for me to, to experience it without me getting in my way, without me just chalking it up to I'm a dude or me just chalking it up. Well, that's how I was raised or whatever other cliche idiosyncrasy that we want to put on it. I better get this thing right because it matters to me. I like that. Thank you for, for sharing that story that I'd never heard the ex- the full extent of what all had happened and kind of being on the better side of it now and seeing how you're not only looking to take the experience and use it for good, but also um, have something to commemorate it with and just be like, Hey, like this is something we can all look at as a family and, and have as a, as a blessing Mm -hmm. that that's something Nice to see. Um, yeah. Is that something you'd like to share with people as we kind of sign off to, as to how <laughs> we're wrapping up the year yeah, and going yeah, into yeah, 2022? Yeah. I know that that yeah. was a lot. And it's like now kind of going onto a, a lighter note, but it, it's like just expressing the emotion in the way that you did. Like it, it's weird how it, it's like you, ex, you express the, with like a passion or a fury, but you are expressed your vulnerability in that state in in this sense and it's like they they're they almost feel like they're opposites they're but they're very close together but mm-hmm. um i i just gotta say thank you for doing that because yeah. it's not like in in being able to do this have conversations with you highlight people 
it's not about, and I, I mean, with you, with anybody that I talk to, it's, it's never about how can you put on a show? It's like, no, it, it's how can you talk with someone else and allow them to just be feel and express who they are and Mm -hmm. without any judgment without any expectation as to like i wish it would have been this it's like no like (laughs) you you never know what you're going to get and just being able to um, be a part of you sharing that story i I just have to say thank you first and foremost Mm, no doubt no i appreciate you having this type of space and environment to do such a thing where it doesn't have a a highlight reel of expectations of how you have to show up. There are, there are dynamic speakers, you know, you know, dope, you know, theorists and theologists and people that just break down, you know, all these bits and pieces. And I'm just like, man, it's super dope. Just be in a space where you can literally be how you are showing up. And that's the only requirement. And that's cool. That, that That's all I can say is like, yeah. that's cool to do that. Um, I will say, yeah. So in the, in, in the midst of all that, yes, it has brought on uh, a major, well, I would, I would say it's, it's special to us. Right. Yeah. And then to the people that we wanted to impact with it, where we're literally creating a, a movement, so to speak with uh, scars. Right. And the fact that, you know, these babies, you know, Gemma and so many others, they're born with these scars and, you know, they well not born with these scars. They have to get a surgery, right? Open heart surgery or some other to, to, to repair things. And a lot of times, you know, with those scars, you know, folk, you know, the young people, they, you know, growing up, they might question it, make fun of all of that. And I wanted to really honor and commemorate all of the amazing uh, babies out here, young people out here who have dealt with these scars and also people that are dealing with other scars in their lives as well. Because from as as the slogan is, they are dope. So my scars are dope. My daughter's scars are dope. You know, that's 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 a beauty beyond whatever else you, you can think of. Because she went through the fight. She was super resilient. She didn't give up. Like she kept it moving. And when I look at her, I'm like, man, you're an amazing little person. <laughs> you are so dope. And I just want to honor that. And so yeah, we're. We're in the midst of, we're in the lab right now, figuring it all out, you know, with the onesies and we haven't even put anything out there for real, for real. Yeah. So yeah, this is kind of like a sneak peek, but it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. And so it'll, we're putting the bits and pieces. It'll be it'll there be for there. the it'll people by the time they hear this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, man, super thanks to you, Asher. Again, brother, I love you. You know, it's always a dope. I love how you um, are just so committed to to doing that service to of to others in your own in your own way and that you're not looking to 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 do anything other than that that that's special that just shows you know the character of just trying to figure out life and for yourself and for for those that you want to impact and so um always appreciate you um just offering your insight about things and 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 even the questions that you know, that you bring up uh, throughout the whole piece. It just lets me know that you really are listening <laughs> and want to, you know, want to really dig in and dive into things that, that you see or want to point out, um, you know, further. So kudos to you, man. Thank you, PJ. And thank you for the time. Yes, thank you. All right, man. Until next time. Yes, sir.